Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIPP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Hey, welcome back, Kingdom Influencing Nation. Welcome to KIP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Uh, This is part two of Earth, Wind, and Fire. We talked about part one. We talked about man being created from the dust of the earth. We talked about the wind, the breath of God that was blown into man as God formed him and created him. He blew bios, life, into man, the biological life, uh, the ability to exist and to live. Uh, And then we were moving to talk more about the wind of God uh, from the perspective of the second wind, which gives us Zoe-like, but I, I just want you to understand that these three elements, earth, wind, and fire, are significant elements of the Christian faith, significant elements of the Christian faith, and, and that really kind of helps us to capsulize what we're here, who we are, how we were created, how we live, you know, what is our, what is our uh, system or uh source of our survival, if you will, of our bios life, and then the fire of God. And we'll, we'll talk about that and we'll put this all in a nice neat bowl. Uh, this is a series, again, talking about getting your head on straight when the church is being bashed and belittled and uh, really made fun of from so many different vantage points. Those of us who are believers must know what we believe must stand on what we believe and must have the fortitude to go through the fire of trial and tribulation or what we might just be called being disliked and being unpopular in order to be able to tell people about the loving nature of the God that we serve and the gospel of Jesus Christ to refute all the negativism, negativism, uh, or negativity that surrounds the church today, okay? So I want to be able to do that. I want 
to help you have that ability to do that with confidence. So the wind of God's presence, the wind of God's presence, sometimes refers to, in the Old Testament, we say ruach, ruach. And the wind or the breath of God or the spirit of God in the New Testament, pneuma, pneuma. So ruach and pneuma are essentially the exact same thing. They are the same thing. And we can say either Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God. It all represents the same thing. And these uh, uh, elements were common in the Bible. So I'm just going to read you a short passage of scripture. Psalms 104 verses 1 through 5, King James Version. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God. Thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Look at the way that we honor God. Look at the way that David honored God. That's something that we do. And I told you, one of the ways that we can honor God is not just by our lip service, but honoring him by our work ethic. Honoring him by our fortitude. This is how we worship God. It's not just lifting up our hands and and and, and saying uh, wonderful niceties about God or loving God, although that is a part of it. But it's the life that we live. Okay? So... Who covers thyself with light as with a garment? Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain? No one can do these things except our creator. Who covers thyself with the light as with a garment? Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain? Who layeth the beams of chambers in the waters? Who maketh the clouds his chariot? Who walketh upon the wings of the wind? Who maketh his angels, spirits, his ministering ministers a flaming fire? Who laid the foundation of the earth that it should not be removed forever? And of course, that's our God. But I wanted to call your attention to verse 3. Who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters? Who maketh the clouds his chariot? Who walks upon the wings of the wind? Who walks upon the wings of the Spirit of God? The pneuma. That wind is pneuma. Okay? Again, earth, wind, and fire. All right. Who maketh his angel spirits? Uh, spirits, again, uh, pneuma. All right. So we want to make sure that we understand that the Spirit of God has been around for a long time. In other words, the Ruach, the Ruach of God was with us from the beginning. Let's look at Genesis 1 and 2 very quickly. The Spirit of God has always been with us, all right? He's always been with us. He has not, watch this, listen carefully, he has not always been in us, but he has always been with us, okay? So let, let's talk about this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and... The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The pneuma of God, the Holy Spirit of God, moved upon the face of the water. So from the very beginning, here's the second verse, first chapter of Genesis, there's mention of the wind of God. Are you catching this? All right. Acts 1 and 2 King James Version. 
this is where the transition begins to happen for us, of course, through the life of Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ, before he ascended in heaven, told the disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait in the upper room. So they were waiting for a manifestation of God in the upper room. And here's a scripture, uh, Acts 1 and uh, 8. And it says this, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost, the Numa, is come upon you, the wind is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Let me say this. Christianity is not just become unpopular. Christianity was unpopular during the first century uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, after his resurrection, after his ascension, Christianity was not popular during his life. Christianity was not popular. And, and they didn't really call it Christianity during the life of Jesus, but after his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, um, they were called Christians at Antioch, okay? Uh, so this is the church, the church, all right? So here's Acts 2, 1 and 5. This is the manifestation of what God told him to receive. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. So there was a sound like wind. And then it appeared unto them cloven tongues like, of, like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were, watch this, filled with the Holy Ghost, with the pneuma, with the wind of God, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, pneuma, gave them utterance. Now, let me read verse 5, and then I want to say something. And there were, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, listen to this, out of every nation under the earth. So at the manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit, there are men gathered in Jerusalem from every nation in the earth. It is a misconception that if you get saved or you are born again or you receive God, receive Christ in your life as your Lord and Savior, that you will speak in tongues. No, that's not necessarily true. Here's what's true. You get the pneuma, the Spirit of God within you, which gives you the power to manifest all of the gifts of the Spirit, but the gifts of the Spirit are administered by the Holy Spirit through the will of God. So you can see while it was necessary for these men and women to speak in tongues of different nations. Why? Because there were people there from different nations who needed to hear about this Christ and this gospel. I'll be catching this. Okay? All right. So so this is good. So let's go to uh, uh, this point. And I want to make sure we got this, this clear. So the Spirit of God, the wind, the pneuma, the ruach of God, not only gives us bios life involuntarily. You know, when you're born, you don't ask for a breath. Breath just comes, so that's involuntary, okay? God sends his breath, and we breathe, and life begins, all right? 
But then Zoe life, our spiritual life, life with God, life with God living on the inside of us is voluntary. In other words, we have to ask God to come into our life. We have to ask God to forgive us of our sins and then to come into our life and be the Lord of our lives. And then he'll send the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, into our lives uh, to help us to live a life that is pleasing in his sight according to the will of the Father. Is everyone getting this? So you, before you get saved, we have bios. We have the breath of God. When we get saved, we take, we add to the bios the power of God. Remember, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The, that power is dudamus. That is uh, 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 might. You will receive might after the power, after the spirit of God, the pneuma cometh inside of you. Okay, and then we get Zoe life, which is life and life more abundantly, which was the life that was promised to all of us by Jesus Christ. So you, you're getting that. Okay, so when we're born, we get bios life through the breath of God. When we're born again, we get Zoe life through the breath of God. All right. All right. So the, the wind and let's let's now move from the wind to the fire. The fire has several references. God is, is talked about in the Bible as a fire. Okay, so let me read this to you. And all the Hebrew terms for this word fire are the same. So I'm not going to give any detailed explanation. But let, let's go here. Exodus 24, 17, King James Version. God is a fire. Watch this. And the sight of, of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. Of course, this is where Moses was uh, with God on the mountain those 40 days, 40 nights, okay? So they were looking and they would see the glory of the Lord and it appeared to them to be fire. Deuteronomy 4, 24, King James Version, and I'm saying to the children of Israel, for the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, all right? Even a jealous God. So God doesn't want to compete with anybody else or with anything else. He's a jealous God, but he is more than anything a consuming fire. And we need that. We need that to burn up the dross of that which is not pure in our lives, okay? All right? And that's a whole nother conversation. We're not going to talk about that today. Deuteronomy 9 and 3, King James Version. Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them and he shall bring them down before thy face. So shall thy drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord hath said unto thee. All right. So God is a consuming fire who protects us against the enemy. Matter of fact, he fights on our behalf against the enemy. At least that's what he did for Israel. And he still does that for us today. All right. And then, of course, Hebrews 12, 29, for our God is a consuming fire. So there are many references in the Old Testament. Watch this. Remember, earth, wind, and fire that talk about God as fire. Okay. 
A matter of fact, some people would go on to say that if there's going to be light, light has to have a source, and the source of light is fire, and the fire is the fire of God, or the love of God, or the power of God, okay? So, uh, let's just keep that in mind as we go to look at fire from a slightly different perspective, but the same, because... Jeremiah 5.14, King James Version says, uh, Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, because she speak this word, behold, I will make my words in thy mouth fire, and the people would, and it should devour them. So God gives us a fire of his word. He, he makes his word fire, okay? He, he makes his word fire that it would devour that which is not in us that is not God in us that is negative uh, in our lives. Jeremiah 20 and 9, then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. The, the word was shut up in Jeremiah's mouth like fire. Shut up. He, he didn't want to talk about God anymore. He was going to run away from this assignment, but the word was in his heart like a burning fire, shut up in his bones. And eventually he had to release it, okay? Jeremiah 23, 29, just part A, is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, okay? So the word of God is like fire. God is like fire. The pneuma, the, the, the wind of God, the spirit of God, all right? Uh, gives us life, both bios and zoe, and the earth, which is the simple element in which we were all created from. We came from the earth, created by the hand of God, blown into us the wind of God, then given the opportunity to voluntarily receive the spirit of God, to move from just a bios existence or mundane existence into the, a spiritual existence in God, in the earth, and then we have the fire, the fire of God's word and the fire of God's protection that we are to use as tools to move and influence the kingdom of God in the earth. Are, are we clear? So then the end of the matter is simply this. There, there's a judgment. There's a judgment for the believer and there's a judgment for the unbeliever. And let's talk about those briefly for a second. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15, uh, and it's just a little bit about the judgment for the believer. So listen very carefully. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. And of course, Paul is talking about the fact that he is influencing, building the church. Amen. Uh, and he's teaching others how to build upon the church as well. But they have to be careful. We all have to be careful how we build upon the church because we're building on another man's foundation and that foundation is Jesus Christ. So let me just read that verse. Verse 10. But of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have in Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire, watch this, the fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. 
the file will show if a person's work has any value. So if you use cheap materials, if you do things that are not in line with God's word and even try to say that it is God, it's going to burn up. Okay. Everything that we do should be in line with what God wants us to do to the best of our ability. That's why Jesus said, my father and I are one. And he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane that we would be one with the father as he is with one with the father. So that when we do things, our will will be to do the will of the father. Because whenever we do the will of the father, Jesus knew that we'd be building with superior materials and that these works would stand the fire of God's judgment. Are you catching that? Okay. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward for everything we do. Uh, God do, doing a work through us, influencing us to do what we do. There's a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved. Okay? You will be saved. You receive Christ in your life. You're sealed into the day of redemption. But like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Because your work will be burned up. Okay? And then finally, there is the judgment uh, for the unbeliever. Hebrews 10, 26, 31 gives us a little analogy, New Living Translation. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. All right? So everyone has an opportunity to hear the gospel. Everyone has an opportunity to hear the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and going to church, and I want to really debunk these things right now. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like uh, 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 having your hands on the computer doesn't make you a part of the computer. Just because you're touching the keyboard doesn't mean that you are in sync with the computer. Okay? Uh, just because uh, you're in the refrigerator doesn't mean you're eating. Uh, just because uh, you're in the bathtub doesn't mean you're taking a bath. Are, are you catching this? You know, if you just because you're in the garage doesn't make you a car. That's Bishop McLaughlin's favorite one. So the point of the matter is just because you're in and around a particular thing doesn't necessarily make you the thing that is associated with the position that you are in. All right. So uh, we have this opportunity to receive Christ. But if we don't receive Christ, if we reject Christ, if we reject God, if we reject this story, if we reject uh, uh, the love of God, then, uh, and we continue to do what we want to do. So here's what the scripture says. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there's no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. And I'm reading from Hebrew chapter 10, verses 26 to 31, New Living Translation. There's only the terrible expectation of God's judgment, watch this, and the raging fire that will consume his enemies, those who are against God. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much more worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God. In other words, God came into the earth to die for our sins. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, but yet you treat it as if, so what? And have treated the blood of the covenant, which made us holy, 
as if it were common and unholy, and he shed his blood for the remission of sins, for without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sins, which means we couldn't go to heaven without Jesus dying on the cross. So we don't want to insult God. Watch this. And if it were common and unholy, and have un, as if it were common and unholy, the blood was common and unholy, and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit, who brings God's mercy to us, okay? The Numa, Numa, who brings God's mercy to us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. We know God said that. He also said the Lord will judge his own people. It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living God, okay? We, we want to be careful, and that's why this uh, series, Get Your Head On Straight, is so important. Because right now, when people are grasping for straws and grasping for all kinds of things and calling it life and everyone's living their best life, there's no way we can live our best life without Christ in our lives, all right? So let me just clear up this one notion before I go today, this notion of hell. And yes, there is a hell. There is a place to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This world is full of antithetical uh, polarities. What do I mean by that? Antithetical opposites. Okay. Uh, polarized opposites, hot and cold, nice and mean, short and tall, uh, 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 light and, and, and darkness, night and day. Uh, the, the world is full. There's heaven, there's earth, there's sunshine, there's rain, uh, there's goodness and there's badness and there, or negativity in the earth. So, so, the earth is consistent of a plethora of antithetical statements or antithetical uh, opposite positions. And so if there's a heaven and you believe there's a heaven, there's also a hell. But I want to say this, Matthew 25, 41 helps to clear this up because God doesn't put people in hell. People make up their own mind to reject the gospel and put their own selves in hell because hell was not created for God's people. All right. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. Here's my closing statement. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So the everlasting fire, Hades, Sheol, hell, was created for the devil and his angels. But those people who reject God are friends of the devil and his angels and then wind up going to the same place that they go to. So get your head on straight. Get your head on straight. This has been the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. Join me again next week as we continue with a new episode flowing with the Father. God bless. Have a wonderful day.